0: Fuck! Get it yeah, going. What the what was bring, that? The energy, bring the energy today.
1: <laughs> come hard. Dude, come hard. It cut, it, it, dude, it cut off. So it just it, this is what we heard.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like, that's the saddest fucking form of energy I've heard that's in a while. Cool. Ooh. It's coming it hard. Boss. We Let's had a death series. We're coming back in, you know, hot. Are we back to wow. our? Uh, are we back
1: to our reality? I know we're jumping over to fucking requiem and fucking they were over here, and I just don't even know what the hell is going on. Oh, so yeah. are we back now? Yeah, I think we're back to our own uh, okay. podcast. I believe. Okay, good. Back to getting like To
0: be some Marvel shit for a second. Mm-hmm. Yep. But. Yep. It's been a little while, right? Because we really kind of faked everybody out with all those death episodes. Yeah, it's been months. Yeah, it was the uh, gift they kept giving. Yeah, we recorded Mm -hmm. it all up front and then just trickled them out. We sat back and fucking chilled. Somewhat. Stan, you getting ready for a marriage? I am. (laughs) Nine days away. Yeah.
1: I just told the boys and and you guys out there, if I need to run, you guys tell me. You guys are supposed to have my back.
2: (laughs) Dude, what if she listens to this? She would laugh. I'm kidding. I'm
0: kidding. (laughs) Shoddy's got a kid. He's been... And playing helping? the dad role, yeah. It's, <laughs> what do you mean helping? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never. I haven't seen you as a dad. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing yeah. over there.
2: Doing all I can. Yeah. Feeding, changing diapers. Okay. Got shit on the other day. It was a fun time. Right on. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm missing time. bath time to do this shit. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, should we break it down? Let's do it.
2: What was that slow jam?
0: All right, Stan, That's... Stan, break it down. Then we'll, I'll tell you about that little slow jam.
2: Okay. Yeah,
1: I think we're just
0: kind of playing catch
1: up and showing you guys some new music. And we got a one throwback album review of King Diamond's Abigail. Fuck.
0: Right in yeah. time for the holiday season. Yep. Spooky time, October time, Halloween time. Sounds and then good. we'll finish off with an interview with Andy LaRocque, who's the longtime guitarist who's played with King Diamond throughout every one of his... Uh, every King Diamond album I had interviewed him for the death series we did and just used like a small portion for that but I was, I was like fuck I'm interviewing Andy the Rock I can't only talk about death so I figured dive into King Diamond and, and all that shit so that will be at the end smart play yeah he was cool too he was real down to do it and um, fun to talk to so and we did talk a lot about Abigail I didn't know at the time we were going to do just Abigail but we did focus a lot on that in like the early parts of the band so it fits pretty good I think but uh, yeah, that that track I played for the breakdown there is a uh, pretty fucking vicious one. It's from the band called Killing Pace. Uh, yeah, Killing Pace. It's just a self-titled EP on uh, Raven Records. I found out about this one actually after we did the Death series. Someone had like shared one of the episodes on Instagram, and it was this. It was the host of another podcast called Forum of Passion. I can't remember his name right now. He's in a band called uh, Mutually Assured Destruction, which is also really cool. And he runs this label. So he was just like, yeah, you know, I really like the series, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, I got this label. Check out these bands if you want to. And this was one of them on there. And it came out, it came out this year, I forget, I think early on this year. And everything, actually everything on the label was really good, really cool. So I recommend going to that label, checking it out, you know, check this EP out. I don't have a lot to say about it. I mean, you heard it. It was fucking in your face grindy power violence death hardcore all that shit in there and i thought it was great just a good quick in your face ep yeah a melting pot of t-
1: hard ass shit <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah like, so it was, uh, it was
2: refreshing it. Re- you know i guess not i guess i don't want to say refreshing it's just different you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying i've been listening to a lot of not that shit lately so yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah it was just refreshing
0: that was the same for me i hadn't listened to anything like this in a while so when i heard it i was like oh fuck yeah fits the the mood when you want it and the production was like really good too for like their first little ep i was like god damn i don't know who did it but
1: yeah and they got the hm2 sounds which are really hard Mm-hmm.
0: so but it's like clean yeah yeah yet dirty and yeah good good shit so anyway shawty uh what have you been listening to i haven't heard we haven't we haven't talked about any of this even amongst ourselves really so i don't know what you guys have been <laughs> listening to
2: okay well let's start with one actually i forget what fucking one was
0: little drum fill there at the end shotty you guys back nice. <laughs> i said nice, nice little, little drum, drum fill, fill at the end
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i was going into something that i kind of talked he's there but uh <laughs> so that was uh an exorum
0: in exorum yeah
2: okay yeah. you Ana- son of a bitch oh, what shut up you found you dude i fucking too?
0: sent you this months and months ago oh. and you were like oh cool but kind of light this album yeah, or a different bro. album? No, this one. Oh,
2: I, I know Joke didn't download it and it just came on the other day and I was like, holy shit, this is some good stuff. And Dude, then I listened so to fucking the whole funny. Thing.
0: Yeah. yeah, I sent it to both because I was like, this seems like something you guys would like like even more than I would. I and mean, I liked it. Dude, I had Moonlight Navigation on my top, like it was top 10 a couple of years ago. I love this. I haven't heard this well, one yet. Well, you must no. not have responded to the text then, son of a bitch. Nope, yeah, I have Honestly, right.
2: So yeah, <laughs> again, it's, you know... Jason doing all the heavy lifting here and then Stan and I just fucking sitting on his back. But yeah, I honestly do did not download it when you, you know, I was just right. browsing shit and found it the other day. And then that's funny. Yeah. Didn't do any research until like maybe last week and figured out that it was a fucking two piece. Mm. So, yeah, I, I I remember
1: seeing that they had something out and it's like in the back of my mind, but I haven't been writing down anything. I haven't been searching. So I totally forgot about this. I'm glad you brought it back up. But I really like this band.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, I'm they're glad we don't need her... to talk about it too much then. because uh, <laughs> Or I guess I don't need to talk about it too much then because you guys can both vouch for them for me. But yeah, it's, yeah. honestly, it's a great, great, great fucking album. No, I, I feel yeah, like the they're...
0: cover kind of has does it justice. It's like real bright kind of sounding. and mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: You're right. So maybe when you sent that to me, I don't know if I was just in the, in a, you know, not the mindset, but you yeah. are right with the bright tones. I mean, it is a little bit on the, I mean, They call it melodic black metal for everyone. So, I mean, they're not trying to be Mm. really harsh with the tones. I mean, it's very beautifully produced. Yeah, it is. Um, It's easy to listen to. Yeah, exactly. So fuck. Well, there was like literally seven albums that I was gonna bring, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just I'll bring this one because it's 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 awesome." I'm glad you did they it because I listened I, I, to been, it. But
1: I've been wanting to check yeah. this out, and I just keep forgetting because I need to like I need to see if it's better than the other one because I, I love the other one. I thought it was awesome. Yeah.
2: Well, dude. So I thought Laura the Lakes was fucking amazing. See, so never I never listened need to, go, to that one. Yeah. So I need to go back and listen to Moonlit because yeah, those are the only two that I listened to, and they like. Yeah, Lore of the Lakes blew me away, and that's why I was like, I need to go listen to this one. And then I came back, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah.
0: So. <laughs> Stan, what kind of fucked up journey are you on right now?
1: Oh, where did I leave off? God, I've been all over the place, but...
0: Still nothing new?
1: No, here and there, like, I did get into, like, Cosmic Putrefaction. Like, nice. you know, a couple of CDs here and there, you know, kind of thing. But, no, I haven't really been checking out anything new. I, where did my journey go? I think probably since last time we talked, I got really into... Uh, the Death Doom again. Mm, nice. And I really took like a uh, Paradise Lost, My Dying Bride, you know, that stuff. Mm-hmm. And kind of started going off into the gothic metal, which I was getting really into. I think I was telling you about it the one day we seen each other. But, yeah. you know, so I was doing like tiamat and Catatonia. And but then, you know, you can only take so much of that stuff. So then all I right. got into, I went back to Nostalgia Hardcore, like just <laughs> all the <laughs> l- albums. not Nothing new, just That's all the albums I used to li- yeah <laughs> it was like summertime you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah but uh then now <laughs> i i have been then i went into bolt thrower because of just the fucking the Honey thing yeah <laughs> so you know but then I, now i'm in a nostalgia metalcore and i'm f- seriously having so wow. much fun listening to all these old albums yeah <laughs> like what this is
2: really nothing to wait which ones not, hold up yeah, I was just gonna say, throw some albums out there for that hold up, though. The listeners, what's what okay, is so the Kill Switch engage is chord.
1: Still, like, even after my whole journey, Killswitch Engage is still like amazing to me. I, like, I back that, you know. I back that. You know, I they're just that. they're the top of the genre. But like for me, like, uh, so, um,
2: <laughs> really so getting prepared for or? Parkway
1: Drive's new album tomorrow that's coming out. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But I did go back to them and like. <laughs>
2: Uh, that holds up, dude. Deep blue is still amazing.
1: Yeah, deep blue and horizons. Like even uh-huh. horizons this time around, I was like, this is still seriously so damn good. Like, mm. and you know, yeah. you know every riff, you know every melody, you know everything. But I'm really like, I I got to kill switch, so now I'm like, I'm doing a deep dive into like the Massachusetts scene. Like mm. that's where I want to go, and I want to like do more like the roots of that. Cause I, I mean that stuff just it's really fucking good. Even even after all this. You know, all this death metal and black metal that I have went through over the years, like the stuff going back to it still is uh, it's a...
0: is like Zayo in that or.
1: Yeah, like Zayo, um, the two bands that like, you know, where Kill Switch and like Shadows Fall came out yeah. of, you know. Yeah. Like all that I am going to, like I just got started. I like, you know, I've been listening to Aftershock and mm. uh, Overcast. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I want to do a deep dive in that just the Massachusetts scene cuz there's a lot I think there's a lot to nice find in that scene. Okay. So I'll report back.
2: God okay. Godspeed
1: to you, sir. Yeah. It's just fun cuz you don't have you don't have to like you, you don't have to think about anything. You just like yeah. you put it on and you yeah. just have fun, you work out whatever, you do work like It's like perfect for my chaotic life right now.
2: Can we really just stop and take a second to appreciate the work that Stan's doing? I mean, it really, really is something. The commitment, so, the dedication, the commitment, like this fucking job. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> exploring it's different
0: to, regions of...
2: <laughs> it's next to the Lord's work. I mean, yeah, so...
0: I hope. I hope, like, people, like, can you know,
1: listen to what I just, you know, been listening to. I always think it's interesting because I never know where the fuck you're going. No, that's yeah, the I thing. Agree. That's why I'm just having so much fun because, like, I don't... I'm not, you know, I... I don't miss finding all these new death metal albums at all like that i'm mm-hmm. so over that right now mm-hmm. so it's just fun like one day i wake up I'm like i'm gonna listen to funeral doom
0: today like yeah <laughs> you know it's just it's fun
2: it's good to do jason what do you have for us all
0: right i brought in three because i knew stan wasn't bringing anything um but i'm gonna run through them quick however the first one i apologize it is long but it was like the only way i could fit what this band <laughs> fucking does
2: fuck did we just listen to yeah what the fuck did we just listen to dude? i'm very confused i have a lot of questions and i want them answered immediately
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know i didn't really think either of you guys would like this but not at all it's kind of yeah like you kind of it's probably a, 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 specific, a narrow audience i guess but the okay. band is called crestfallen dusk it's a self-titled thing and uh okay yeah, it's 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 kind of like a one man besides the drummer but he does everything else. This guy, Ryan Clackner, and he's got like a bunch of projects and they're all, well, no, 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 but he's got a couple that are like in this vein where it's like black metal mixed with other things. This one is like, he describes as like hill country blues, you know, mixed with black metal. He's got some other ones that are more like country folk with like black metal. He also just does like raw black metal. So he like, he knows his way around the shit, but this one is a wild ride. Like, I don't I didn't know how to make a clip cuz most of these tracks are long and they go everywhere and sometimes you'll have shit like that. Sometimes it goes into more like avant-garde black metal where you're like getting all hypnotic and shit. Sometimes it, there's like a very rare, I think that like just one song maybe. There's like he does like some clean vocals and it'll be more like that bluesy stuff. But like you never really know what you're going to get. But I love it, dude. I fucking love it. I mean, you got to probably... Maybe you have to just kind of like some of that stuff anyways. Like, I'm I'm into some of that. So,
2: does it change the 10 minutes yes. that that song is? Oh, yeah. That's okay, the thing. So, it
0: goes all over. I mean, okay, I could have picked a so the track like, that you probably okay. would have liked more. But okay, that one I just, I just showed the variation. Because sometimes it just goes more... Like I said, it'll be just more black metal. Or it'll get, like, super mm-hmm. weird and trippy. Like, honestly, hypnotic. Like, fucking... It's like... Oh, yeah, dude. I don't... But it's, it's like super earthy and like fucking there should be crickets chirping and you should be drinking moonshine. Like that's that's kind of what this album is. It's, it's really weird. It's really raw, but it's natural and it's not overproduced. It's not like super thought out and it's not like a perfect album, but I love the ideas of it. I love the way you combine this stuff. I don't know. Stan, did you like it at all or, or no? No, not like not one bit. <laughs> I couldn't
1: get behind that. It was just, like, too much, too chaotic, and, like, no, just yeah. nothing made sense to me.
0: <laughs> I didn't think either of you guys would. The closest thing, I mean, like, if someone kind of likes something like Zeal and Harder, which, I don't know, you guys don't really like that band, right? That, but
1: that one works really well. hmm And it keeps you, like and get, this one was
0: just like, no, no. I mean, the production fucking sucked. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what I like to see. So my problem with Zeal and Arter is which I liked their first and second ish, but, um, they get a little bit too, for me, like overproduced lately. And, yeah, I uh, get that. Yeah. Yeah. This one feels like fucking literally like Appalachian, a blues folk, like album, like early on shit, like raw and just, I don't know. I think it fits so well. Like, the cover just kind of makes it exactly what it is if you can look at the cover, but it's not for everybody. I don't want to yeah. talk about it too long because I know it's like you got to be the right person for this.
2: So I don't know. I'm so uh, knowing that there's more than what I listened to. I'm gonna check it out, but if it was literally just based off of what I heard, I'm with Stan. Fuck this, <laughs> I'm out. So yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But we'll we'll see though there's more
0: so. if anyone out there does like it go to the label it's called Moonlit Cypress Label the same guy runs this label and it's like super small and it's like all his projects on it and some other stuff and you could go down a, a rabbit hole but anyways mm-hmm. we'll carry on I knew that wasn't going to be a fan favorite for everybody here <laughs> but
1: I love it next
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe stand up like this let's listen to my second clip That doesn't sound familiar to anybody, does it? No. That was Bleg. Bleg? I don't don't know if I'm pronouncing that. B-H-L-E-G. Bleg. Okay. They are from Sweden. It's another two-piece. It's like some folkish ritual, black metal type stuff. I mean, there's some beautiful passages. So that was uh, the song that I played for you. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce this. Uh, <laughs> no, there's no way <laughs> <Gronk>. <laughs> Don't
1: even try Just say number
2: It was number two But it's a Gronkskandin mm-hmm. grinding, <laughs> So I don't I probably butchered that I'm sorry That album name is uh, Fehering But yeah It's At times beautiful At times brutal There's a bunch of Maybe some Chanty type shit Towards the ends of songs Or the beginnings of songs I probably haven't listened to it enough to even bring it up, but I was honestly just so excited. I only found it maybe a couple weeks ago. So hmm. it's um, a little on the long side, which is nice for me. I enjoy that. I like when albums are a little bit longer. <clears throat> I mean, this is about 55 minutes. I and mean, there are some longer songs that, you know, give you that journey. The track that I played is like a 10-minute long song. So it yeah, felt like it
0: was like a long... Like- I was trying to like yeah. see like I don't I can't tell from just the clip like feels like it, it you know it's, it's going to go yeah, places
2: exactly like it, it built to something or it's building to something and later on there's like some cleaner chanting passages during that mm. song it was very hard for me to pick something man I mean like I said with the songs being like ten minutes long you it. know it's and then being so varied and fluid it's not like they're just repeating the shit so I mean it sounded good.
1: Yeah. yeah. It had a very throwback feel to it, the yeah, like primitive stand. days of black metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah I, like, I think uh, you would definitely like it, Staniel. Yeah. But yeah.
1: I w- uh, One thing I I'm, will say, it didn't sound Swedish at all. No. You know, Swedish black metal's got a certain characteristic about it. Like, you know, it, it, this, this sounded like it was straight
0: up Norway, like Burzum, mm-hmm. Oliver. Yeah. You know, yeah Oliver's a good good shout yeah, yeah. for that for sure natural it's,
1: yeah it's very
0: norway uh-huh no i I like that about it i like the vocals too pretty nasty sounding
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah so they talk about i guess a range of singing styles rooted in scandinavian folk tradition uh yeah i don't yeah i don't know man i completely i don't know I, I don't know what you're talking about there <laughs> with the, <laughs> the diet with the regional differences but i yeah i it loved matter. it i'm you are definitely right probably um <laughs> but yeah i don't know i think maybe they're just from sweden and they're trying to do different shit i don't know bunch of people are saying nordic metal nordic metal mm-hmm. i don't know
1: i'll put it on my list after i'm done with my massachusetts metal core <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all right yeah, stan anything please else do it you want to bring up oh man no I don't think so. I do got a question actually. Okay. Interesting. Yes. I know this topic's been revisited <laughs> many times. Okay. But have you guys listened to the new In Flame singles? New No Okay. Is there some? When you guys got a chance, go listen to it. They might be on to something. I know we always we always talk about will In Flames ever go back and no obviously they won't. But <laughs> They put out two singles and they're pretty fucking hard. Yeah. So it's it's actually I think they might be promising that we might get a decent album out of them.
2: I guess my issue with <laughs> oh, no, the decent album <laughs> no, that's coming. No from one's gonna them. be on
1: board with this one. Okay.
2: <laughs> no, like only because I, there's too much other good shit that's out there. Why would I waste any of my time giving them a fucking minute? I so. just came
1: across it the other day and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give it because I actually kind of did like the last album for reasons that I, sh- you know. Not, you know, not any reasons because I like Love and Flames, like they, but I just thought the last album was good, you know? Okay. But, so yeah, I okay. came across the singles. I was like, wow, this is actually like like a throwback to early Swedish melodic death metal. Like, it's still got some characteristics, maybe like, you know, their Clayman days or like, you know, when they started moving towards that. Yeah. But it's still like hard, and I was like, wow, this, this is promising. So I was hoping when you guys heard something, so, you know... You're gonna have to make a clip for me when I bring it in and force me. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I didn't Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Next next time.
2: Next time.
0: Okay. Wait a minute. What about Forget the halo? It. What about the, the halo effect thing? Isn't that like the true In Flames sound coming out or, yeah, or but whatever? I'm not even. I didn't like a lot of their stuff so
1: far that came out. Okay. Like on paper, I would love that band, but I wasn't like digging it really. I didn't. Listen, I haven't listened the whole but, thing yet. Yeah. Is it what is it? Jesper, right from In
0: Flames? Yes.
1: Or? Yes. Well, a bunch of old members yeah. throughout the days, but yeah, Jesper, and then the Dark Tranquility singer. But yeah yeah paper that would be like that's you know a dream band to me but
0: Mm. okay i I gotta give the
1: whole yeah i gotta give the album a chance but yeah
0: all right all right all right well let's jump into my second one i'm gonna try and buzz through these ones uh this one should go down nice and easy clip two (laughs)
1: fuck <laughs> so okay i've been so out of the, uh, the whole death metal thing and i i know this band and it's gonna bother the shit out of me and i'm gonna be slapping myself in the face when you tell me the name but i can't i can't i can't put a name to the band right now and it's so stupid but like you're like i know this <laughs> yes i know that what uh, like who is this band and i'm i can't
0: i do not know it's gonna bother me <laughs> that's the uh that's the demo that tumult put out like what? A yeah. Okay. Couple yeah, months ago yeah, now, yeah. I guess. Jesus. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Yep. Stupid.
0: <laughs> I get it though. Sometimes it's fucking hard. Uh, that was the the, the demo is called Aperture of Body. That track was the yeah. last track, Prestige of Rebirth. Did you? I honestly haven't
1: listened to to that much because I was <laughs> pretty bitter that I didn't get a cassette. <laughs>
0: like, Dude, they're releasing you know, one missed... more one more run of them.
1: I I okay, good. I know. I thought I heard that, but yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. No, I was, like, pretty bitter, and I was like, the fuck? <laughs> I wanted a cassette, like, so I just
0: didn't really give it a chance. Just because that reason, because I didn't get the cassette in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just bought a digital, but, I mean, dude, oh, my God. It's, oh, do I need to say anything? It's fucking two-mold. It's new shit. I mean, yeah. fuck off if you're not listening to this. I don't know. It's Like you, I haven't been diving super hard, especially into yeah. death metal here and there, and a few have really kind of caught my attention, but as far as shit I keep going back to, like it's a quick three tracks. The first track Mm -hmm. is like a synthy opener, you know, and the second one's just like a fucking banger more fast. And then this one is like the kind of, uh, I guess the highlight because it starts off super intense and riff heavy like that. And then, and then it goes to that, like more, you know, death doomy ending Mm kind of like more pulls into like the dream on ending stuff a little bit. And, uh, I don't know, man. It's great. But like overall, I love how like it's a little more complex. Like you kind of have to listen to it a couple of times for you to like wrap your head around it. Some of the riffs, it sounds super fresh, like not like what I'm hearing from a lot of other bands. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, complex, but still like headbangable. like kind of like Faceless Burial, which is another band I wanted to bring up today, but the album doesn't come out for a little bit and I didn't want to bring it up before it came out. So uh but anyways, fucking twists and turns and I love it. I mean, did you like it Stan when you did listen to it? I did. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's too mold, yes. Mm-hmm. Um I I thought it was
1: cool. I like I like that they put something out like say, "Hey, we're still here." Cause obviously, the dream on anything was a big thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it was just cool to say, "Okay, that band that band's still around too and we got stuff coming out and then we, yeah, pissed because I didn't get a cassette but I gotta
0: tell you, you know, talk to your buddy see if he can get me something <laughs> <laughs> they just posted that there's there's another run, I don't know I think he just posted it literally today so you should, you gotta get on Bandcamp Okay, good. Fucking, you're gonna have to move fast because I know it sold out really fast each time it did, yeah, which is crazy which is cool though, I can't wait I, can't, I just want another phone like now, it was so long and I just forgot how much I missed hearing, you know, two mold especially something new and fresh and I'm just ready for something more, but I, you know, what's crazy? It's like three tracks, and it's like it feels like a complete thing. Like it's kind of rare for a demo, I think, because of the way it's sequenced, and that last track really takes you and and finishes on like a different way, and it feels like a complete release more than just like a little thrown together demo, which is mm-hmm. cool. But Shadi, you don't? I don't know. You don't listen to Too Mold, right?
2: No, but I liked that a lot, dude. That was very awesome, and I will definitely. You know, I need to check that out. So, yeah. I mean, every time I have listened to Tumult, I have liked what I have heard, but it's never anything that I'm like, "Oh yeah, I need to just listen to them So, okay. manner,
1: you know. manner of infinite forms. That's where you should start. Yeah, it's, for shoddy, Well, though, no, that know.
2: album is that I've listened. You don't to don't think that so? No, I've I, I have that and listen have listened to that album. Oh, okay, I, th- I would think yeah, for
0: shoddy, maybe even just go with this because it's more technical and. Uh, uh, again, what what is this album called? This one's just called Aperture of Body. And Stan, yeah, it's available tomorrow. Yeah, so this is not on... right, getting up early. (laughs) Unfortunately,
2: this is not on stupid fucking iTunes.
0: Mm, Yeah, it's on Bandcamp.
2: Okay. (laughs) No, that's fine. I don't...
0: Yeah. But uh, I got one more. I don't want to... Just do it real quick, okay? We'll get through it? Yeah, let's do it. We'll lead into our last one. This one's a little more appropriate for for the October time, I think, too. <laughs> yeah, I figured you guys would be more on board with that one than the first black metal one I brought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? What was it? That band is called Abhor, like abhorrent. You know, A B H O R. I guess they've been around since the '90s, but they just started off with like demos and shit. They're from Italy. They did a, a oh, full yeah, length. Yeah. yeah, they did a full length a couple years ago, and uh, I this is the first one I hear. We got the promo for it. It comes out September 23rd. So that track was called Ode to the Snake, but I don't know what made me click on this because I have not been listening to any promos we get. And for some reason, I just kind of clicked on it. And uh, the organs is what drew me in. Like, especially this time of year, it happened to be kind of like a foggy, rainy day. And I put this on and like it starts off with like an intro that's all organs. And it launches into all this black metal that's like, More on that, you know, second wave, but with a lot... But with the organs. I mean, it's just throughout the whole album. That's really the only thing that, like... That's the thing that pulled me in the most. And nothing complex or super crazy, but it's all about, like, the vibe of it. You know, like, for this time of year, with those organs, it just feels like a horror movie. Like I said, the intro, there's an outro track that's basically like a nod to Suspiria, that horror movie. And they just do it really well. Like, it's not... It's symphonic, I guess, is what you would classify it as, but it's not, like cheesy keys and stuff like it's organs you know Mm -hmm. so it feels more creepy to me what 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 did you guys think
2: i was digging it dude i loved loved the keys i was really loving the fucking vocals Mm -hmm. so yeah i was definitely digging it
1: yeah i liked it i think the did you click on it because
0: the album cover i think it's super like (laughs) stand out yeah the album cover was cool the album title is lame (laughs) it's like sex sex, sex something uh in parentheses yeah it might have been because the album cover is it looks like a 70s occult yeah cover yeah yeah i think it's that might intriguing. have been why yeah i'm digging it <laughs> yeah dude i don't know It i if, if i hear organs like that i'm gonna be pulled in like it kind of reminds me of like you know like that first acid witch album like Mm-hmm. the way they it's put exactly that exactly what i thought of but yeah. like black metal yeah. yes exactly Creepy as like,
1: fuck like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it makes you feel
0: fucking weird
1: <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs>
0: even know like is it actually good i don't know but it put me in a right mood and it put me in that creepy headspace that i want to be in like for this time of year and that type of a, uh, you know whatever that type of day so I-, I like it i think it's worth a listen if you're looking for something like that but anyways we got to move on because this. I've been fucking waiting to talk about this for <laughs> a long ass time.
1: Well, you're going to have to wait one more second because I need a beer. <laughs>
0: Diamond Abigail. Abigail, 1987. I was just going to look up the details.
2: <laughs> I got the. Details. That's f- okay. that's so <laughs> fucked to me, wow. honestly. 87 <laughs> mm-hmm. is absolutely fucked. Yeah, it is fucked. This is so, all before you okay. we were born, fellas.
0: Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's old. So, obviously, Jason, you're probably more. But what's your history with King Diamond? My
0: history started with. Fucking, uh, seeing Clerks 2. Have you guys seen Okay, either Clerks 1 or 2? I think we've 2? seen it in the theater. We did? Yeah. I think so. Shit, we might have. I, uh, so me and Justin, we, uh, remember we used to have sleepovers and fucking walk up to the the video store and, like, rent a bunch of shit, especially stuff that, like, my mom would let me watch. And I remember we would, <laughs> like, do, like, Mall Rats and, like, Jalen Silent Bob Strike Back, all that shit. And I remember doing Clerks... God, I don't know. I thought I didn't see one. it in theaters. but maybe It must be one you're talking about. I don't... Yeah, it might be. It might be. I don't know. But I just... I don't know. I, remember, I just remember seeing Clerks 2 and I remember... And they feature the track Welcome Home from uh, them, from the next King Diamond album. And I just remember being like, what the fuck was that? And, uh, <laughs> like, looked it up, listened to it, didn't know what was going on, obviously, because this was a long time ago. Like, I don't know when Clerks 2 came out, but... You know, I wasn't really ready for it, but I was intrigued and then you know ever since then, like I would go back to it you know i would I came back to it and I would see it come up and things like that, and I got back into it, so for me, it was them first that was the first album that like I got into, and then abigail and uh and then like Merciful fate so okay, for me, it started with that what what about you guys? uh nothing. Shoddy, is this just completely new.
2: Yeah, I'm a Abigail virgin here, so yeah, okay. I've always, I mean, I've heard it, I mean, so I'm, I guess I should say I'm a King Diamond virgin. I obviously, I know who the hell he is, I know the bands that he's been in, I've heard songs here and there, but I've never sat down and listened to anything, it's always been a huge fucking turn off. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how he hasn't gotten his ass beat more often, singing like that on stage, <laughs> but that's gonna be for a later discussion, so yeah, Total, you know, completely new motherfucker. Dude, I, I remember don't know, when we did the yeah.
0: Roadrunner compilation album. Do you remember that mm-hmm. way long yes. ago? And and yeah. King Diamond is on one of those tracks. And I remember you just like hating Couldn't that. Do
2: it. Yeah, I was fucking. I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah. So
0: and I remember bringing in the track be- some other time. I think. It might have been because I brought in the Halloween one for Halloween one year. I just, every I, time it's been yeah. brought up, you've always been like, "Fuck this." <laughs> so that's why when yeah, I brought this up, I was like, "I, I don't know how this is going to go for you." Uh,
2: yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I we'll get to it. I, yeah, we'll I, to I, it. I guess. That, I don't, yeah, I don't want to ruin it too early, so we'll get to it,
1: Stan. Now that you say, that, I think that might have been my introduction to like King Diamond, but the, I like I always knew Abigail was like the masterpiece. Was like you have to listen to that. So I have. I have been familiar with this album. Okay, nothing else. Never listened to Merciful Fate until, like I said earlier, I was gonna. I'll explain it later. For some, before you even mentioned just doing this episode, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna finally check out Merciful Fate, Hmm. and that was like I was going down that road, and I listened to the first two albums, Melissa and um,
0: Don't Break the Oath.
1: Don't Break the Oath, and was really digging them. Hell yeah! Uh, especially don't break the oath. Like I always heard everything about Melissa, but I think don't break the oath is better. But I could see you, know. you do thinking that for sure. Y- you know, but I was really getting into it and it never went anywhere. I don't know if I need to. Like I don't know that much about Marcel Fate. Like what should you, I do?
0: Like you're good with just those two for sure. Okay, but if you become like a super fan, then go further for sure. Like I actually mm-hmm. spent all of last October doing like going through merciful fate albums just like fucking all of them and like honestly there's a lot of good stuff but the best are those two i think I'm the still- one that came out after that their comeback it was really good like in the shadows i think it, it was but it was literally so like a week stupid. or so before you said mentioned this so i was like i was totally down
1: like, like yes let's That's do funny. abigail yeah
2: so question what is i mean what's the the difference between the, the two bands um so well merciful
0: the, fate the came out first um, okay. like, earlier 80s, and uh, it's a okay. lot... So it sounds more primitive. Like, it's it sounds more, honestly, yep, like, yep. 70s-influenced Yeah, to yeah. me. I, and I think King... I, I would say King goes doesn't use as much of the falsetto. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it's not horror concepts. It's it's more, like, satanic and just... And whatever. It's more loose. It's more... Uh, like, I'll put on Merciful Fate. So you actually... You might like it. I could see you, like...
2: Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, it's not I mean, over
0: the top. It's not. It's just like good. It's the just only like thing really that I think Shadi might have a problem with is he doesn't get into as much of like the classic heavy metal. Yeah. You know, like it leans more towards a Judas Priest or like
2: so i guess i will ask you up front are the guitars the same they're different
0: no for sure <laughs> yeah definitely do different.
2: i do i get the same guitars that i got in king diamond no are, are they no. more tame? No, you ha- so, you, so here's the thing and i don't that okay then i'll just pass on it right now then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's more dude it's, it's just more 70s ish like it's got mixtures of some Black Sabbath. It's got Judas Priest. It's got, like, new album, like, Iron Maiden. It's got, like, all that kind yeah, of... Yeah, 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 ...earlier stuff, whereas, like, King Diamond still has a lot of that, but it goes more 80s and more modern, heavier. It gets heavier as it goes, I feel like, if I was going to compare them. But I, I don't know... Like, I've thought about it before, like, if I were to rank them and stuff like that, and it's so fucking hard, but... It's like Abigail and Melissa are like neck and neck for me. Like if it's October time, I'm putting on Abigail. If it's the summer, I'm putting on Melissa and I'm throwing on Don't Break the Oath. I don't know. They're both great. They're both different. But like this this lineup on this album still has like, so King Diamond, who's in Merciful Fate, obviously. Timmy Hanson, the bassist. And then Michael Denner, who's who was who guitar in, in Merciful Fate. So there's still a lot there. And then you added Andy yeah, LaRocque, yeah. who's new to it. And then Mickey D, who went on to play with Motorhead and everything for drums. But... So it's a different band, but there's still a lot there, you know, and I guess from reading about it like a lot more, they intended to like, they changed it for a record contract. So it really wasn't going to be just like a solo thing. It was just going to be like, we want to get out of that contract. We're going to do a new thing. We're just going to call it King Diamond, but it's going to continue on. So, I get it. Yeah. 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 Which I didn't know that just at first.
2: grew up a little bit more, so.
0: Yeah. So.
2: I guess not, you know, as musicians, not in the, just, yeah, but anyway. So I guess uh, so. You two both like this album, obviously.
0: Honestly, Good. so I, I want to rank it right mm-hmm. off the bat. And Like for me, this is like a ten out of ten for sure. One of my favorite albums of all time, one hundred percent.
1: Stan, yeah, no, I love it. I wouldn't say it's a ten out of ten. Um, yeah, I'm like thinking like a, no, it's like a I I get why people call it a masterpiece. Yes, I do hundred percent agree. But just for me personally, like I I'm thinking like this is an eight. Like hmm. you know.
2: Kind of be, I, be 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 ge- be generous, <laughs> I'm gonna rank it higher than an 8. and I don't. And this is the you know, and I've only listened to it for okay, maybe eight like and three a half, weeks. But
1: I'm just saying, for me, like I okay, I maybe I'm just not as big of a King Diamond fan as Jason. Like I'm just saying, I get why it's a masterpiece, but just for me, it's just like an eight. <laughs> hey, how would you rank it compared to like uh, Don't Break the Oath? See, okay, I I think it is so different, but. I think now going as much as I like that album, now I'm gonna go back to Don't Break the Oath a lot more than this.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it.
1: You know, I get why you like the you know, the mood and you know, this time of year and stuff, but like there's so much other stuff that I feel I'd rather listen to than this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 very intrigued by merciful fate right now. Okay, let's just say that. So I'm I'm gonna go down that road and I'll come back and maybe I'll do the comparison between like all the King
0: Diamond shit and you know. <laughs> Dude, I I think it's it's f- interesting too because I feel like it depends where you what do you like because I've gotten so accustomed to like his vocals that like I mean at first I get it like it was a lot I don't like what's going on like I don't know this See, is weird as shit like I didn't like it. I didn't, I wasn't as turned off as I feel like some, like shoddy, I know it was like an immediate disgust, and you hear that all the time, I get it. But, but I, I warmed was, up to I it even, even saying, after, after years of listening to this album,
1: sometimes I like those vocals, and sometimes I still get annoyed by them, you know? <laughs> so funny. It, it is, the, but, <laughs> I, we'll get into it, but there's other re, there's other reasons why this band is so damn good. And, oh, for sure. You know, obviously, there's the obvious reasons.
0: I for sure, for person, sure. But yeah. But I guess like for, for uh, it's like if you really like I feel like I think people who really love King Diamond love his vocals because he it becomes really like a stage for that because he's telling oh, these yeah. stories <laughs> and he's exploring his fucking crazy ass voice and he takes it to these crazy spots where like Merciful Fate, it, you know, it's guitars front and center. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's his vocals, too, because they're fucked up. But like, you know what I mean? I just feel like he goes more places. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. absolutely. Mm hmm which i mean i i'm not taking i'm not taking anything away from it it's
1: it's so impressive what he does i'm just saying i do still to this day some days
0: i love it some (laughs) days i hate it like still shawty you i'm guessing don't like
2: that no so i give i'll rank i give it a nine as an album Mm -hmm. so like i i don't know if i've just matured a little bit i mean Listening to it as a whole, I mean, yeah, the fucking the vocals sometimes, I just, I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> but everything else is amazing. So, like, I can easily just tune him out sometimes if he's doing a little bit too much. I mean, dude, the guitars. Holy shit, the solos, the fucking <sighs> drums are amazing. I mean, it's just everything that's going on, the whole thing together. I guess maybe it was your clips that turned me off Mm -hmm. because it was maybe just too much focusing on him or the you know i don't know it wasn't the whole picture but Mm -hmm. listening to that album from start to finish i mean i don't know what the story is i don't know what the fuck's going on but yeah see i think that's
0: something that would help though like honestly like if you if you read along and know what the story because this is i mean it's so it's a concept album right
2: yeah yeah, i got that i just got that like maybe 20 minutes ago right so
0: Sandy, do you know what it is no, no, I don't actually. Oh, dude. Okay. Honestly, so if you want it to be a 10 out of 10 album, you kind of have to know the story and like have that be fucking going through your mind as it as it plays because I guess that's what I was going to get to about his vocals and like what I think the true talent that he has is and why I sometimes I lean towards liking Abigail even more than some of the Merciful Fate stuff is cuz like the concept of it. And Yeah like so I mean he constructs this crazy fucking ghost story which is pretty fucked up and pretty entertaining and the way that he goes through the stories and the characters like I think it makes way more sense when he does some crazy falsetto like a lot of the times he's doing like the female character so it's like this weird opera It's about you. this, like, dude, Jonathan and his wife, Miriam, they inherit a mansion, and they get warned by these four horsemen, like, don't go into it, it's it's haunted. He says, fuck off, they go in anyways. They get warned by this ghost, like, that, uh, God, it's so complex, like, they get warned that back in, the uh, 1776, whatever, seven, you know, seven, seven, seven song, that, mm-hmm. uh, this guy had to kill his wife who was cheating on him. So he had a bastard son. He p- pushes her down the stairs because he doesn't want the bastard son. And, uh, and ever since then, it's like haunting, you know, it, t- it, takes over Miriam who was moving into this mansion and possesses her. And then inside her is the baby Abigail. Okay. So the baby Abigail starts talking to Jonathan through Miriam. Jonathan has to end up push, tries to push her down the stairs doesn't work out pushes jonathan down kills him and ends up like the baby is like born and these seven horsemen end up coming back to like kill it again it's just this crazy complex story and if you read along or if you kind of know and then you listen to it again dude the emotion and the like the way that he like brings the lyrics to life is so fucking nuts like it brings it to another level and i think that's why it's like I've, it's elevated oh.
1: Okay, as someone that just purely listened to this album every time for just musical purposes, mm-hmm. I did actually was listening to the last couple of days, and I was picking up on... I knew I obviously knew there was a story behind this, but I know exactly what you're saying without knowing any pieces of the story.
0: Mm.
3: And,
1: you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that and that's, is a newfound appreciation I did while listening this last couple of weeks, is you could tell he uses... Yes, like he uses certain spots and uses his voice as a, yeah. an instrument in a certain way in certain spots. Like, I picked up on that. I just don't know the backstory to which follow that Which is a testament it, to but. it. Yeah, like he's, yeah.
0: it's so, I've never heard anybody, he's the most unique person. Like, who's ever whoever you ever heard sound like him, for one? No, no yeah, I know, but <laughs> you like know, one, you know, of like one of a kind. One of a kind, like, which is a testament already. Like, how hard is it to do that? Like, who mm-hmm. thought this was a good idea? You know what I mean? Everybody probably was like, what did the band members think when he first did this? You're probably like, fuck off with that, you know? But then it works. <laughs> That's what I'm like,
2: saying, dude. How did he not get his ass beat back in the day for doing this shit? I don't know, dude. It,
0: but he just inhabits, like, the character. We secretly dude. think
1: it's really fucking cool and we're jealous.
0: <laughs> it does. And I think it adds to, like, the, like, it adds to, like, the occultness of it or the evilness of it. Like, it just, it's different than when you hear someone like uh, Rob Halford or Bruce Dickinson, where they do those high stuff. This is just like a more, it gets more extreme and it gets more eerie. I feel like with his voice, he's able to do more things with it in that like operatic way. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That would be my like take on it, and my like push so, to like. So I legitimize have a quick
2: question: How is Abigail Two?
0: I listened to it one time, and it was nothing in comparison. I don't think okay. any of his albums are bad, to be honest with you. None of them are bad, but just like nothing in comparison to this.
2: I get it. I get it.
0: It's yeah. probably one of those things they shouldn't even tried. No, you but, can't do that. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah. When has
1: it ever worked out? But yeah. So I was going to say the obvious good about, you know, right off the bat. I mean, Andy LaRock is just a fucking. Oh, my we, God. We talked dude. about this before. <laughs> the, guy, the guy's a fucking shit. mad man. Yeah. Insane. It's
2: just—it's amazing. Like honestly, the guitars, like it's just fucked. Like alone, I can just listen to that, that and tune everything else Dude, out that's going on.
1: He—he's got this. Yeah, he—he's got this way. Like you could like literally solo his track and just feel it. Like you know, yeah. uh, uh-huh. you could listen to an album
0: of just him playing. I know. I know. It's—it's it's insane. He's a madman, and it's like that. I think he's definitely what separates it more from Merciful Fate because he does that like neoclassical you know as far as like the soloing goes and with the riffs like i mean and that's another thing about this band is like it's a big uh partnership because king diamond like writes a shit ton of it mm-hmm. like as far as songwriting goes and riffs and stuff obviously the solos are denner and the rock but like um i know like La- like wrote like two full songs i think and michael denner wrote the possession i don't know i think king probably did a lot of the rest of them but but, yeah, as far as, like, the solo goes, he adds that, like, neoclassical shit and, like, that, like a lot of, like, dissonant-type stuff. And I don't know, man. I, I, I could listen to them, both of them. I think both of them soloing together is really what makes it special. Because Michael mm-hmm. Denner does a lot of really cool, like, melodic moments, and it's just a good pairing, you know? Like, the solos never feel, like, out of place or, like, they're just thrown in there. Like, the no, previous album. so
2: fucking, like, just, they're just perfect. They're, they're almost like they're singing as well, so...
3: Okay. We'll
1: Like if you take someone like Shoddy that you know, we didn't think it would like this, but now that you you go back and you're like, there's no way you can't not like it because he exactly yep for the music alone, like mm-hmm. this will pull you in, and you if you don't think it's like a masterpiece just for the music alone, I mean then you're an you're an idiot, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I hate to be harsh, like but
2: yeah, I completely agree, Stan. <laughs> like if you can't put the vocals aside and just listen to the music, then like you got some problems because yeah. it's a beautiful fucking album.
0: Which I think, if you listen to it enough times too, because the music is so good, like you'll get you'll get used to the vocals. Oh, absolutely! You know. Yeah. So I this past week I was like, you know, checking out everything King Diamond, and like I was on YouTube, and I was like, you ever you guys ever go and like watch those like vocal coach reacts to whatever?
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I never have because I was like, this is probably so stupid. But so there's a bunch of them actually. The best one was what was the name? It was like charismatic yeah yeah the, the hot one <laughs> yeah she definitely was yeah, yeah. she definitely was the the British? Yeah, yeah, no yes. she's, she's not British hilarious. British yeah. one was meh this one did a really good job did you watch well, I this somebody do a dra- uh. I, I don't I didn't I've watched a lot of her videos I haven't watched her on King Diamond okay though. okay dude but. watch the one so she does it for the live version of it's not even from this album but it's the track sleepless nights okay and it's from the album conspiracy which came out right after them And it's honestly one of the best King Diamond songs. And it's one of the best of his vocals. And she just, like, breaks it down. And I've heard so many times people just being like, he can't sing. He's just kind of, like, you know, cheating or using what he has to get through it. But, like, she totally, like, throws that shit out the window. It's like, this guy, like, has so much control of his voice. So much range. Like, the way he slides Mm -hmm. through, like, different notes. And so I just, like, I love to hear it because... I think people sometimes don't realize, like, this guy is actually fucking great. It's just, it might not be something you like. I get that. I totally get that. Like, it's pretty fucking but, weird. But
2: it, it's a parodic. I mean, he's like an opera singer straight up in a metal band. Exactly. So, yeah, it, exactly. It, it's sometimes it's it's jarring because it sounds out of place.
0: So Yeah, for sure. For sure. I totally get that. I totally get But that, once but. you listen to it, it's fine. I mean... Yeah, you get used to it and shit. But, I mean, like yep. you said, like the, the, even if you don't like that at first, like, the music, the riffs... What did you think about, like, the drumming? Because... I'm not a drummer. It's not like he's doing crazy. Um,
2: I mean, but it's technical just, stuff. But it's like really good. It's very solid. I mean, it fits everything. He's not going overboard with anything. I mean, I mean, I was honestly just too into the guitars. Yeah. So I mean, the drums were there, but they didn't detract from anything. So I was just waiting on every solo to start. So yeah,
1: Andy LaRocque's guitar tone is just <laughs>
0: addicting in itself.
2: Mm-hmm. It's magical.
0: I guess he did the, all the rhythms on this, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I don't know if you guys have heard Fatal Portrait, the one that came before this. Sounds like not. No, no. I like it. I think it's really good, but this one is a step up for sure, and I think a lot of it is because like Andy was like more a part of the band, and like his rhythm playing is super tight. And like you said, his tone, it's got that good, it's like crunchy, and it's just, I don't really know how to explain it, but I feel like he really added like to this album just with that shit alone.
1: And it was cool. It was cool to check this out after we did the in depth death. You know, going back to that album too to kind of like compare it too. Mm-hmm. It was it was just really fun and just this guy is just so intriguing. <laughs> like nothing against Ken Diamond, I think he's fucking super intriguing. But like Andy <laughs> LaRock,
0: like oh my god,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: oh yeah, and he does like when you get into later albums, like he's doing him and King are just like the writers because like everybody mm-hmm. else kind of leaves after. Well, they just start to leave more after this album, but that's why I love going through it because he's just a great song. It's crazy because he's a great songwriter, great riff writer, rhythm player, and then like his solos are obviously like out of this world. But I don't know. I think another thing too is just like how catchy everything is. Like we didn't talk about like standout tracks or anything, but I feel like there's a lot of tracks on here that, at least for me, get like really stuck in my head, like whether it's a riff, a chorus. Or a solo, or whatever, like like the title track, Abigail, like that cult chorus. I'm sure you could like fucking sing in your head right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. seventh day of july like you know just like really catchy or even like deadly omens like he pretty much just sings deadly omens you know what i mean and i don't know like every track has something that you can uh catch on to like did you guys have a favorite one
1: black horseman's yeah yeah i mean it's just beautiful ending
2: (laughs) yeah i mean honestly man i just i I was just listening it from start to finish every time I listened. It is to you it. can't so really just put a I, track. I, yeah. on no. so this. I don't necessarily know ne- you know which track I liked because it was just one
0: long track mm-hmm. for me. So yeah, it's the only way to listen to it. That is that ending though, dude. That's it's, a what good- a way to end it. Like it's fucking oh, epic. No, I yeah, know. I couldn't even like the first time I heard it. I just remember thinking like the transitions, like they go from that acoustic and it's like super melodic and like uh, I don't know. And then it goes to like more like heavy heavy parts and groovy parts. And it's just, I don't know, the, the way they switch back and forth and then end with a big old fucking solo. Like. That's why I think it's so good because at the same time that Ken
1: Diamond's telling his story in his way, the music's telling a story, mm-hmm. the same story in, the, in a different way, you mm-hmm. know? But it all fits so well together. And that's a, like one of those things like it's really fucking hard to do that. Yeah. I can't think of a lot of albums that you click on All cylinders,
0: you know. That's that's what I was trying to say. I feel like that's why it's for me it's a ten out of ten, because you take all these individual parts, like his vocal range and all that shit, which I love, the concept, and then like the musical part. You put it all together and it's like, how does
1: it work? I'm gonna bump it up. It's at least a nine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, read along to it, you're just gonna be like ten out of Mm ten. Yeah, But wait, so Shadi, you did listen to them. Yes. So what did you think compared to that one?
2: I mean, I loved both of them equally. Mm. I mean, like I said, I didn't listen to either one of them for that long because this assignment kind of came up last minute on us <laughs> uh but yeah I, I mean i listened to both of them equally and i loved them just as much i mean I, I felt the same way i mean the solos were fucking awesome the story was beautiful even though i had no idea what the fuck was going on yeah uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> i did listen to it from start to finish every time yeah i mean honestly just to me it felt like a continuation of what was going on in the last album musically but this one was just a little bit longer and had a couple more like Filler songs that were just kind of like what the fuck's going on here, but they weren't that long, so I just let them play out. So, Mm. so
1: is it is it along the same lines? Is it the same story? Is it like the same kind of story? What what's the deal with this one?
0: So, for when they go to them, it's a totally different story, but it's another ghost story. But it gets so I think the big difference between the two albums is like Abigail is very epic and it's more like grandiose or like uh, classy. You know, like when they use yeah. the keyboards, it's like it's not cheesy. It, it, it sounds just like a classic horror movie or something. You go to them and okay. them gets a little more like fun and like a little bit campier or like cheesier. Like he like I feel like he knows it. He's cry, he's like straddling the line. Like, is this going to be just completely cheesy or not? Like when Welcome Home, when he just screams like grandma. And it's like mm-hmm. it's more I don't want to say it's funny, but it's just like a fun and and a lot of the members left, so it's different. The production is not as good, I would say. Like, what did you think of the production for Abigail? Uh, I thought they if,
2: were both decent.
0: I mean,
1: yeah, Andy LaRock's tone <laughs> doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. no, I, no, no, really, it's like it's it's got a very dictine mm-hmm. sound to it. Yeah, it's easy. you know it's primitive in a way, but it's not, and it's very clean, and it's uh, it's a hard one to put your like explain
0: but it's very addicting i get it i feel like it's very 80s like there's a lot of reverb but like that analog yeah, and it's really absolutely. warm
1: sounding warm's but, a good yeah warm's a good word
0: yeah and then you go to them so, and it gets a little more high end and the production isn't quite as good but i don't know i it's the first one i heard so for me it's like pretty much right right there with abigail just because it's so it, it is gets that a little more heavier. of a
1: just a. Uh, is that like a like a, a Jason thing? Like, you just, you obviously picked up on them for some reason. You loved it. But, like, I, I just thought, I thought it was, I did find it weird that you asked me the other, you asked us the other day, should we do Abigail or them? Mm-hmm. Like, I've never heard, like, no one's ever told me, go listen to them. You know, okay. I've read many ways everywhere, go listen to Abigail. But, yeah. you know, is that just
0: like a you thing or is it? I don't know. Well, Abigail's definitely like, if you were to do a poll, I'm sure it would always come out number one, but mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, ah, Abigail slash them. Like people are like those are the two, usually the two favorites. I, I guess I just got
1: to sit down and actually listen to it, listen to it. Like I have Abigail. Cause like I, I did listen to the last couple of days just kind of while doing work in the background, you know, kind of thing. Oh yeah. Didn't really latch on to anything and really didn't really dive into it. Like I, maybe I should, but yeah,
0: I get it. Yeah, it's. I think. I think King goes even crazier on it. There's like a okay. lot more characters in it and ghosts and shit. And he like goes even further into like doing everybody's voices and it's a wild ride. I, it's just fun though. Like I, honestly, I mean, I don't know if I can't. I
2: love. I loved it.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I think it's fucking great. I yeah, mean, I think the honestly the first what is it four or five just one day just go from Fatal Portrait and then go all the way through um, The Eye. So like, there's Them, mm-hmm. and then it's like a part two, which is Conspiracy. It's like the continuation of the story of Them, and then The Eye, which is kind of an underrated one. It's more about like witches and shit. But I think those are all literally almost perfect albums. And then you go further, and it gets a little bit more like, you know, they're not like, they're all really good. I, yeah, I know but, what you mean. You know, yeah. know? Yeah. They're still worth going through, I mean, for sure. I have some that I haven't even listened to, but... Because there's a lot of them. God I don't even know how many there are now, but yeah, I think a lot of people usually say like, oh, Abigail and them, or maybe they'll throw conspiracy in there or whatever. But uh they're all worth listening to. What about the cover? I thought the cover actually cover for both of those albums are sick. Yeah,
1: yeah no, the, I mean yeah. yeah,
2: I mean I do like them a little bit more than Abigail. Yeah um just because I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, like I would agree house, on that one. Yeah, I like the house a little but bit. More than the a, it's a
1: classic cover though, too.
2: It is, it is. I feel like I've just maybe seen it too much, so it's just yeah. kinda like and back when I was anti-diamond i was like oh fuck this album so because i mean you see that everywhere i mean i have it's kind of like the
1: dissection one right
2: yeah not not really what's the
0: dissection is there some like like i got this
1: weird thing in my head like i for some reason i always and i know it's like probably rooted in andy la but like for some reason i think i keep always forgetting that they are danish they are not swedish like yeah Danish. There's something about
0: them though they sound Swedish. They like, you know, well, like on this album you had Mickey D the drummer and Andy were both Swedish. Okay. So you do have two of so them. So they very are Swedish in a way. Uh-huh. But yeah. then Mickey D left. I think I oh don't god, maybe after them. I can't remember all the members after that, but
1: But yeah, even like we going back to the cover, like that looks like a early Swedish <laughs> metal cover, like, you know.
0: Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I don't know, dude. for anyone if you if you haven't listened to it, Jesus Christ. I feel like October will be the time to put it on, dude, when it's fall. I put this on when I was mountain biking the other day and it was like a fallish day. It was like sixty degrees, fucking felt right, cloudy, and it hit perfectly. So if you're gonna have to try it out I mean, you know what I mean? It is I know you guys make fun of me for listening to music at certain times no, of the No, but I feel you, dude. But I feel this, you now.
2: after listening to it, I'm right there with you. You got it, right? Yep, I agree. You got to.
0: Merciful Fate, I think you can throw I've said it before,
1: like, certain situations I do agree 100%. And I do feel like this is one of them. This this spooky-ass shit works, like, at this time of year. Yeah. Versus other times, yeah.
0: Stan, are we going to go see Merciful Fate in November?
1: (laughs) I would. I would. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Because
0: I want to go real bad. (laughs) Oh, and if you haven't, you should go on YouTube and just, like, watch some, like, King Diamond live videos because they like do a huge show and like reenact a bunch of this stuff so it's kind of like a musical you know on the stage yeah yeah yeah, which makes it even cooler but That's i definitely
1: cool. got a I got a lot to go with this band like there's a lot of stuff i need to do with if them if you
0: do nothing else just go watch the sleepless nights vocal coach reaction because that song mm-hmm. is so great and it's just to hear them like analyze it i thought it was awesome Maybe because I'm always like defending it and it felt like justification, but yeah, I've got my King Diamond figurine right now sitting by the my computer looking <laughs> at me. I think we covered it though. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all set boys. Now we can listen to Andy talk about it a little bit more. I know, I, I don't remember a lot because it was, it was like a month or two ago, but I know he talks about like joining the band because he came in right in the beginning, but um, and then like recording Abigail and little things with it, you know, I can't, I can't remember, but it was cool. It was good.
2: Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I
1: think that Looking wraps forward. up another episode.
2: Yeah, I think that was a beautiful one, boys.
0: Do the rest of discography next time? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> hey, I might be down. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I'm in. Well, boys.
2: Yeah.
1: Twitter, Facebook, all, the, all that good stuff. All the stuff the new kids are on, <laughs> we're on it too.
2: <laughs> do we have a TikTok, boys?
1: No, you want to do that one?
2: no i don't either <laughs> <laughs> okay so no tiktok for us then sorry,
1: sorry. so everything except tiktok but yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're hip every other way <laughs> <laughs> patreon itunes yeah all that good stuff so <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm, I'm staying the man i'm evil j and i'm shoddy you guys stay metal
0: man so then with king diamond like i'm 34 so my introduction you know was not the early albums you know i was uh just being born with a lot of that stuff and so mine was when clerks 2 came out um was did that do a lot for the band you know having having them uh you know having the welcome home and all that you know going on with that movie
4: yeah Clerks. you know what i just you know It's not very big over here in Europe, you know, so I just saw some clips of that, you know, I haven't haven't seen the movie, to be honest to you. But I guess in the US, that helped a lot, for sure, you know, for for younger people, you know, I'm sure it did. But to be honest to you, I don't really know. Too much about that you know because i <laughs> haven't seen the movie haven't, haven't really been following what what happened in the us after that either
0: right okay that's funny yeah for for a lot of people my age you know it's just we didn't know what the hell it was and and we would go look it up and then all of a sudden all this material to check out and everything so it was yeah, cool people
4: are people are as, actually talking about that too you know it's like wow that's cool because over here it's like you just pass by you know without <laughs> any big notice at all okay. Know, so, okay
0: interesting Okay. Yeah. So so I just want to go back for a second to when you uh when you got the call to join King Diamond and everything. You know, what was that like being offered an audition? I I'm pretty sure you were pretty young at the time. You know, you were playing in in some bands and things like that, but you know, being that of Fate was pretty established, that had to be pretty exciting.
4: Yeah, of course, you know, I was like 22 years old, you know, when uh, Mickey D called me. You know, we were friends back in Gothenburg uh prior to that and um, we jammed along and we played a little bit together you know for a while too and i i kind of followed him you know and we talked once in a while and he said i mean it's really cool you know to to uh, work out this stuff with king diamond and you know we're in the studio now and blah 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 and then a few weeks later you know he called me and said that they needed a guitarist because it didn't really work out with the guitarist they had at that time so I was working in the music store at the time, playing with some local bands, and uh, I said, "Okay, cool. You know, uh, this is my, <laughs> this is the chance of my life. You know, so I, I quit my job, took my Marshall amplifier, my guitar, and took the train down to Copenhagen. And of course, you know, I said to myself, you know, this is now or never, you know." and um, stepped into the studio you know said hi to the guys and listened to some of the songs and i thought it sounded just phenomenal you know that was really cool because i've been really into kind of a horror thing with uh, black sabbath alice cooper and you know mm. uh, the stage kind of theatrical things like kiss had also you know back in back in the days and uh, and so i was really interested in in that and a combination of really cool music with a theatrical thing on stage. That was just a great combination, I thought, you know. So when I heard the King Diamond music, I thought it was like, wow, this is really cool. And it's very different from Merciful Fate, which I wasn't a super big fan of. I thought they had some great stuff, of course, you know, but uh, I didn't like everything they did. But I think, you know, when I heard the first songs of King Diamond, I thought it sounded like a... Uh, like a big upgrade, like a coming into the 80s instead of mm. um, stepping in the 70s, kind of, you know, which I think Merciful Fate was more like a 70s influenced band. Yeah. So I was really, you know, happily surprised when I when I heard the first couple of songs with King Diamond at that time in the studio. And uh, they asked me to, you know, take up a guitar and play along with uh, with the song for some loops and you know just come up with some some stuff for uh the song called dressed in white and so i played along you know they recorded some stuff and later on that afternoon you know they had a meeting and uh, then king came out and said hey welcome you're in the band
0: That's cool. That's cool. Yeah,
4: that's really cool, man. <laughs> I was 22 years old, you know, and uh, yeah, that was a big thing for me, of course, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. What
4: was the energy like
0: like with everybody in the band? I know a lot of it was already written and everything. Did, every, did it seem like, you know, they wanted to, everybody kind of wanted to prove themselves with this one, being that, you know, it's the first time, it's a new name, it's not Merciful Fate anymore, and people were probably looking to see if, you know, it was going to be able to maintain the quality.
4: Yeah, I think the energy was great because everything was like different to their, uh, you know, from their earlier stuff, you know, so everyone's like really, really onto you know, getting this right and playing the right things and yeah. uh, the right sound and all that, you know, and of course me, you know, just jumping in the studio when, when the drums were done, most of the bass were done, rhythm guitars were done. So we had the vocals and some keyboard stuff and solos to still be recorded, you know. So um, yeah, I thought it was just great to to come in in that phase of um, the recording, you know, when, when the basic stuff were done, so you can actually hear, you know, how the songs were going to be.
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: And uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was a you know great experience, you know, and I still remember that day when I when I <laughs> went down to Copenhagen, of course, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm I'm pretty interested in like the period between you know Fatal Portrait and then Abigail, since now you know you're you're probably a little more comfortable you've been in the band you guys have been touring I'm sure so how was it different going into abigail and being finally able to start you know writing songs before you know you're getting to the lead part
4: yeah yeah that was an interesting period because you know I moved down to copenhagen uh, that summer summer of 85 and we you know after the uh, uh, album was done we started to um, rehearse rehearse a lot and uh because we had like this christmas show coming up in december that was the first show ever for king diamond at a place called saga in copenhagen mm-hmm. which was like a really cool place and uh, we knew that a lot of people would come there to check out this new project you know with uh, or band with king diamond and uh, so we we practice and rehearsed a lot in front of that in in um, in december and also after that show we took a little break and we did a european tour and uh, 1986 then we did a u.s tour and uh, we got together real well you know played everything together real good you know and and uh, i know as soon as we got back from that u.s tour in like september october something like that uh, king started to write music right away and so did i and michael dinner too and uh, we started to to rehearse really really heavy, like in you know September October or something like that. You know, up until the recording started in December nineteen eighty six, and that was like of course totally different because I got to know the guys real well then. You know, and we've been on tour together, and uh, we just had a lot of fun and we knew you know each other in the way of you know how how everyone was playing. And all that, you know, so that was, of course, very, very different, you know, when we went into the studio, we just had a great feel when we entered the studio in December 1986 to record Abigail, you know, and that's still, I think, you know, kind of is captured, you know, on the album. It's just a very, very cool album, you know, that uh, kind of, you know, the spirit of that, you know, shines through, you know, in the recording and in the songs and everything, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I just love that album so much, too, because there's so much going on. It seems like, you know, with the intricacies of the harmonies, you know, solos, the keyboards, it's just there's so much packed in there that makes it, you know, you go back to it and you're always kind of hearing different things. And do you remember spending a lot of time like going back and be like, we need to add, you know, this, the keys here or we need to do a, some harmonizing here? Was there a lot of that or was it just kind of flying through and, and getting it out
4: there? no i mean it wasn't that much planning on that you know like we had some some great ideas you know but we we were kind of efficient at the time and you said hey maybe you should do a harmony here and the thing there you know so we were working fast it's not like we spent like weeks and weeks you know additionally weeks you know to to record stuff i mean i think we had like about four weeks of recording and maybe two weeks of mix and Mm. editing and mastering and all that you know so Everything went according to the plan, I believe, you know, it was just efficient, you know, and um, but of course, you know, we did some additional things, but it's not that, you know, we spent a lot of time doing it. We had it pretty clear, you know, what could be done. And we tried out a few things and uh, harmonies here and there. And if it sounded good, we just kept it, you know.
0: Yeah, right. Right, didn't overthink it. Okay, well, I think one of the tracks, for just from trying to look things up a little bit, that you had written was "The Seventh Day of July." Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. How so? When you, how did that go for you? Just, just to look at like one song, is that something that you? You know, had sat down, wrote all on your own. You know, how did you try and get the vibe for that one? Do you remember any of that?
4: Yeah, well, not that specific song, but I remember uh, Mansion in Darkness. Okay. That I wrote like the summer of um, 87. And that was kind of weird because I remember all my friends. That was before, I believe, uh, the U.S. tour started, you know. So we had a little break there, you know. And I was just home playing guitar. And this riff came up. You know, and it's like, wow! I gotta do, I gotta do something about this, you know. And I remember my friends; they went out, you know, uh, partying and stuff because that was a big midsummer weekend in Sweden, you know, that everyone celebrates. And uh, I just decided to stay home and, you know, finish this song. I had everything pretty clear, and then when we started uh, started to rehearse after that U.S. tour, you know, I just, you know, had everything clear and uh, showed it to the other guys, and you know. We started to rehearse it.
0: That's cool. That's cool. was
4: that. And I think I just documented everything, you know, on a cassette tape at that time. That's how we did it.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. And, and cool. That's cool. All right. So then, when you guys get over, I'm not going to go through all the albums, but I had just a few questions about some of those early ones. Um, yeah. When when you got to them, that one, I think that was the first one I had heard. Like I said, from the movie and everything. And uh, man, it really felt like such a. Uh, cohesive you know you you take the abigail thing with the storyline and the eerie atmosphere and everything kind of amped up a little bit with all of that you know king's going even more crazy with his vocals and uh Mm -hmm. it it just man I, i love that album still so much and how much of that album had to do like you know you had some member changes going on you know you're now been in the band for a while longer now and i'm sure you're kind of carrying a little more share with with michael not being in the band and how much of all that had to do with it, or was it just that you guys that were just being that it's been a little while as a band?
4: I think, you know, King's riff, he showed it pretty early to me. And that was, you know, very progressive and very aggressive, you know, and sometimes very speedy and stuff, you know. So I guess that affected, you know, the whole songwriting phase, you know. That's mm. kind of, you know, what I came up with, too. Uh, and it's, of course, different to, uh, to the Abigail because we wanted to evolve in that um, more progressive style. And I think that's actually one of the most progressive albums we have. It's, mm. it's them for sure, you know. A lot of crazy stuff going on <laughs> on that album. And that also goes for Mickey, you know. He was doing some crazy stuff on the album. And... Um, of course, some of it had to do with uh, with the change of uh, lineup too. I believe, you know, we wanted to do something new and fresh, you know. But they came in like after the songs were written, so it's it's more the playing mm. on the album, you know. Then that's a little bit different, of course, you know, to to the album before that than the music itself, you know. The music itself was written before they came in, so they didn't really affect that that much, you know. It was right. just a play, and you know, on the recording.
0: I get it. I get it. Um, so when you're doing your solos for these albums, I mean they're they're just yeah they're they're so they're so great and they capture so many different things based on the song. Is there any kind of a vibe or a headspace you like to get in when you're writing or or recording them?
4: Yeah, I remember the first couple of albums. You know, I sat in the studio in like an ISA booth, uh, far away. You know, at the very back of the studio, and I just had a lit candle. You know, to get the right vibe, lit candle next to my Marshall uh, cabinet and my amp, you know, and I sat in there recording uh, some of the solos, you know. Mm. And that's how I liked it back then, you know. Now I just try to um, turn everything outside off and uh, just focus in in the the recording of the solos in a different way, you know. But uh, that was pretty cool to do that because that studio was kind of a, you know, stone walls and that was a little eerie in itself, you know, to do that. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's how I did it back then, you know. Maybe I should try that again sometime,
0: you know. Hey, I mean, yeah, it seems like a, a way to get a good vibe going, yeah, for sure.
4: Yeah, lit up a chandelier, you know, turn out the lights and just record it, you know.
0: Right, right. It's so And that studio you were talking about, that was when you guys were back working with uh, Roberto yeah, Falco, I think. I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. How did he influence the sound at all? I, since he was on the first, you know, four or five albums, was was he a big part of that sound or?
4: I think he was because I mean, at that time, we didn't know too much about sounds and stuff, you know, we just, you know, tried to find something that sounded good, you know, but he was a he was a good director, you know, and and producer of that definitely. And he was also a big part of uh, some of the keyboard parts on the first couple of albums, mm. you know, because he he was a great keyboard player, you know. Yeah. So King, you know, told him thought, maybe you should try this, and maybe you could play this and this and that, you know. And so, okay, let let try it, you know. So, so he came up with some really cool stuff for the first couple of albums. That's,
0: that's cool. Sure. That's cool. Yeah, because the keys was was another one of those things that hooked me. Being as, you know, I've always been a big horror fans especially the, that early stuff and hearing those synth parts and those keys that it, it kind of took me right to that you know was that kind of the idea with some yeah. of
4: that yeah i mean king king had you know some great ideas but he wasn't able to play it as good as roberto mm. you know so they kind of worked stuff out together you know
0: yeah that makes sense yeah that makes yeah. sense you know i didn't know like at first you know since you don't see king up there playing a the guitar on stage that he could play guitar what what's it like working with him you know Do you guys ever write a song together or is it usually, you know, one person writes one, another one writes another one?
4: It's exactly like that. You know, I write my stuff and he writes his stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's some parts actually on uh, uh, what's it called? Oh, God. The last one we released, as a single, God, Madness, Masquerade. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, where he came up with like a, a verse riff that he thought you know this this is much better to sing to you know so can we can we please uh, you know exchange that to what you have you know and sure let's let's try it you know and that worked out better for his vocals you know so that's one of the few times actually that we work together on mm. one thing like that you know usually it's like he's writing his stuff and i'm writing my stuff and then we get together and talk about it and just you know move parts or exchange parts you know but uh, I don't really, you know, say too much about his songs, you know, and he doesn't really say, yeah, uh, much about my songs in that sense, you know.
0: Well, that make kind of is nice too, because then you're probably avoiding uh, getting in fights about, you know, you uh, know, yeah, the songs and, and trying to get whose part here or there and all that. So that probably works good. Yeah. <laughs> um, fine so far. Right. Yeah. I guess so. After all these years, I guess so. Yeah. Um, do you guys ever have to spend much time changing? like the structure of things, you know, you guys do these big concept albums, you've got the storyline, you know, you're trying to make things kind of flow with that and match that. Is there a lot of time spent on figuring out or add, maybe you have to add a part for some theatrical part that King is going to do or to fit a storyline? Is there a lot of thought on that or a lot of work that has to be done for
4: that aspect? Yeah, there is a lot of work on that. You know, when we have the songs, you know, and King is writing the story, he kind of... Uh, puts in the songs in the right you know sequence of the album you know to get the right mood you know so that's that's a lot of work right there to do that you know try to fit everything in you know yeah uh like uh okay the third song maybe we should move that to like the seventh song because this is what happens you know later on in the story you know things like that you know and it's of course really hard to capture, you know, the feels of everything, you know, in the right way, you know, but we managed and he managed for sure, you know, to do that. So um, I'm sure the next one will be really good, too. Right. Right. What, what
0: if you had to say, like, what would be the biggest difference between yours and his songwriting? Is there any like big things that jump out?
4: Uh, oh, that's really hard to say, man. I don't know. I think <laughs> other people would be better to judge that, you know.
0: hmm. hmm.
4: I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um,
0: um. So, nowadays, now we're we're. It's been a little while. We we've, we've been waiting for a new album. I know we've had so many things going on with the pandemic and everything else. You guys had that killer song that you were just talking about that you guys put out a little while ago. Have you uh, Have you guys working on it right now, or or what's the plan for it?
4: Yeah. I mean, in January, I sent King a bunch of songs that I composed, and that was actually done like uh, mid January. And then we started working on that, uh, this fall, uh, this uh, spring. But then, you know, this um, thing came in between kind of thing with the Merciful Fate uh, European Festival tour. Mm. And uh, they're going to do some dates in the fall too, you know. So as soon as he's done with that, we're going to continue work on that. But we have a lot of songs. And also King has a lot of ideas, you know, for songs. So as soon as He's done with uh, merciful fate stuff, you know. We're gonna start working hardcore on, uh, on this stuff.
0: Okay, that's cool. And and I'm sure once yeah. that comes out, then we can look for some touring and all of that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last question then. Out of the whole discography, everybody knows the first few albums, but there's so many killer albums that go past those. You know, I spent time talking about those. I I, I would go. I could go through every one if we had time, but I'm not gonna do that to you. But. What do you think would be one that people should check out if they've only listened to the first, you know, whatever, three or four, or whatever it may be? What would be one from the later years that you think is uh, that people need to go and listen to right now?
4: Oh, man. I think um, House of God. Well, it might not be one of the later ones, but House of God is really good. And, uh, yeah. And um, Give Me Your Soul, please. I think it's really good, you know, great socks and all that, too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So
4: I think they should check out that, too. You know, I mean, when people ask me what song, what what album should I listen to? You know, one of my favorite always is like um, Abigail. Sure. And maybe even Fatal Portrait, actually, because, you know, that's the start of everything, you know. So I can always put that on, you know, and say, wow, this is a cool, this is a cool album, you know.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mm-hmm. I, I recently went I you know I've been going back to the discography the past couple of years more and more and more and 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 the eye is one that jumped out to me. And I don't hear it get talked about, you know, nearly as much as those first few, but man, it just seems like such a special album too, where you guys really got the the atmosphere right for it with everything coming together and the song. There's some really strong songs on there and for some reason, I don't hear about it mentioned as much. I don't know if it was this the time period of what it came out or what the reason was there, but...
4: It might have been, you know, I'm not sure about that either, you know, but we didn't really tour any of, you know, on that album because that's when we, after the recording of that, you know, we didn't have a record label, you know, so everything stood still for a couple of years right there, you know. That mm-hmm. might be the reason too, you know.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
4: That makes a lot of but, sense. But, you know if i can tell you something about the songs um i've written so far it's like uh it's like a step back into the first couple of albums for sure you know when it comes to the atmospheres and the riffs and all that you know mm. so it's like back to the roots kind of thing you know and, uh, and we've been talking about too you know me and king about you know maybe you should look back just a little bit you know to not lose track of what we're actually you know want to do and uh where our roots come from, you know, and all that, you know. So, yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, I, I really think that the audience, you know, they will, they will like what they hear.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That makes sense. I mean, that first, that track you guys already put out is, is so great. It's killer. So, yeah, that's awesome. Really looking forward to it, man. Cool. All right, man. Well, listen, I don't want to take any more of your time. You know, you're busy. You got the studio. Oh, before I, I meant to add, so people know, though, you have the studio. You are working with bands. How often are you doing that? Is there there some big names you've done more recently? I I remember the At The Gates album from uh, maybe it was even last
4: year, I think. Is that correct? That was, yeah, that was released last year, yeah. Yeah. I was working here with them for a couple of weeks, exactly. They were were tracking all the guitars and the bass here. They were doing drums over in London, I believe. No, they were doing uh, drums in Stockholm in a studio. And then they were mixing it somewhere else, you know. So, yeah, I've been working... I mean, this is what I do when I'm not on tour. I'm working, like, all the time, it seems like. You know? yeah, yeah. So when we're not working with King Diamond or stuff, you know, this is what I do, producing other bands and recording it, you know. And I, I love this just as much as being out with uh, King Diamond and tour, you know, because it's still work with music in a different way, you know. And I I love to work with, uh, with people and uh, create good things, you know. So I just... I'm in the middle of mixing a band from Brazil right now actually. Mm. And uh, in a couple of weeks there is a band called Shining coming in. Okay. They're going to record their um, their um, 11th album. And they have like they have Nick Barker, you know, from uh, from um, Cradle of Filth drummer. Right. And he's been with Demi Borgir also I think, you know, they have him as the drummer this time around, so that's going to be really exciting to have him in the studio, you know. Right, right. And uh, what else have I done? You know, back in the days, I had, I've had Hammerfall in the studio. I had In Been here for just recording like a song or so. You know, and I had, you know, a lot of different musicians here. You know, from actually all over the world. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When did you first get into that? I mean, you, was there a certain period where you said, "I need to start actually doing this myself"?
4: That was, I think early 90s i believe you know when i started to think you know i gotta find a good way to document my songs to start with so i can present it in a good way to the other members of the band that's actually how it started
0: okay right that makes sense and then
4: people who heard and then people who heard that they said hey this sounds really good maybe you can you know help me record stuff and then i invested in some some better gear you know and uh that's you know (laughs) that's how it started you know yeah got my first you know tape machine and a really cool mixing console and you know doing better and better uh, jobs you know and um, all of a sudden you know it's like wow you know bands from all over the world they actually come here to the studio here in sweden to to record and and mix and you know even mastering you know so yeah that's what i do and i love it still
0: that's great yeah what a perfect way in between writing touring for you know for king diamond to have something to do to make some money and to still be involved with music i mean that's that seems like the dream right there having both projects like that that's great
4: it is man that's great. definitely yeah all right
0: andy well again i appreciate it so much and um you know good luck with the rest of that album and whatever you're working on right now man we'll be waiting for it
4: hey thank you man and you keep in touch you know if you have any questions just get back